Hello there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. Telling you, please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears. Welcome to the Intellectual Podcast number 209. I'm your host, David Dawson, and today's guest is makeup artist extraordinaire, John Aviles. This is uh, two weeks in a row with makeup artists. Uh, Last week we had Phoenix. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Phoenix and John were both the makeup artists on our film, The Recency Effect, a couple of years ago. So kind of neat to have them back to back on the show uh, here to close out 2017. Today is Star Wars Day, so a lot of you I know are going to be going out to the theaters tonight and tomorrow to catch the new Star Wars, Star Wars The Last Jedi. And if uh, early indications are anything to go by, it looks like Ryan Johnson has done an amazing job of knocking out the uh, second film in this third trilogy. So really looking forward to that. We will be seeing it as a collective intellectual group tomorrow night, that's Friday. And we will be doing a podcast with the group on our thoughts as we come out of the screening. I'm looking forward to that. It's always fun. Uh, It's becoming a bit of a tradition to be doing uh, December Star Wars uh, review podcasts with the group. And uh, it's always a good time. So be sure to check that out, uh, dropping sometime this weekend. And now we're going to get into our final interview of the year with John Aviles, a good friend of mine a wonderful makeup artist, and an all-around incredible human being. Here it is, the 209th episode of The Intellectual Podcast with John Aviles. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. <laughs> Hi, John. Hey, how's it going, dude? Uh, so we're getting started a little bit later than we had planned. Sorry. Uh, but I think we get probably a good 40 minutes in, so that'll work. It'll work just fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. How have you been, man? Uh, I haven't seen you in forever. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, it's been a freaking long time. Of course, I haven't seen most people in forever. I kind of dropped off the radar for a while. Which is unfortunate. I was just telling my girlfriend about you and that I like working with you. <laughs> you put out good stuff. I like working with you, too. Um Thank you. Hopefully, I'm going to have something here, you know, the next uh, six months to a year that okay. I will need your services on. Excellent. Um, but, you know, what, what have you been working on lately? Uh, well, just finished up a thing for UCSD. They did a um, uh, kind of a their own version of a haunted house. So, we, me and a team of five other makeup artists did up something like 60 or 70 people. Zombies. So, is the month of October like Disneyland for the makeup artist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, we go haywire. We go through so much product, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I actually have to get, well, yeah, I have to get more latex and I have to get more blood. And it's just, but yeah, this is the best time. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, what's been the coolest, uh, like October piece of makeup you've, you've gotten to do? Oh, geez. Um, well, the October stuff is usually just, you know, your your zombies and stuff. One of the better ones I think I did was I actually did some exposed teeth on someone in their cheek. And I did two different versions of that. I did one where I just painted them in there yeah. and had latex kind of stripped over there so it looked like uh, ligaments and whatnot. And then the other one, I actually built up something with tissue paper and latex and had um, I filed down some fake nails and jammed them in there so it looked like the <laughs> teeth were kind of just exposed out there. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, How long have you been doing effects makeup? Uh, Off and on since about 99. Yeah. What got you into it? (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of response I like to that question. (laughs) What else would get a guy into doing something? A girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're simple creatures. Yes, we are. We're like, oh, pretty. Let's walk over there. What is she doing? I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, this really pretty girl I liked at the time. I was going to Miracosta, and uh, just 
she was taking a makeup class and I just wanted to be next to her. And next thing you know, I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. That's how I ended up in theater lighting. <laughs> See, yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's pretty. Where is she? I don't know. Let's go next to her. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How so. can I, how can I spend more time with her? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, that's the impetus for a lot of things we end up doing. <laughs> oh yes. As guys, like you said, we're pretty simple. Yeah. Girl says, I want that. Yes. Well, whatever it takes, we'll go get that. Whatever you need. And the girl know this and they're like just i need a new maserati honey damn it she knows me <laughs> but oh, yeah it, it started out pretty simple with your basic you know some beauty makeup and stuff like that but then another friend of mine uh hooked me up with the haunted trail in balboa park mm-hmm. and that was that was heaven i learned a lot from working there and i also was able to develop a lot of my own skills uh while being there and i think it was there like 10 or 12 years wow and that was that was a lot of fun it, it was a lot of effort too i mean because you're i would i had a day job and then i'd go there at night and then come home like sometimes at three o'clock in the morning and go to work at like <laughs> eight back to your day job and, and you're like rinse and oh, repeat right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly but yeah it was that's a blast that was so much fun but that really that time really is what pushed me into doing a lot of special effects makeup and, and things like that that's cool um did you grow up in this area or i know i'm or actually part? a native of la you're a native of la yeah what i part? was uh geez um spent some time in encino reseda culver city santa monica burbank you're an la gypsy <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of bopped around for a while you know wherever my mom you know i was a kid for most of that Mm -hmm. um uh, i moved down here in 96 because the job market in la was kind of already getting trashed and then uh, down here it seemed to be blossoming so came down here back in the days when there was no such thing as traffic (laughs) (laughs) back then 96 uh 96 97 the only real traffic was the merge Mm -hmm. 5805 Mm -hmm. and they were like expanding all the lanes so it was Mm -hmm. really bad for a few years there yeah yeah now all that traffic is just everywhere oh yeah no it's two o'clock in the afternoon like why is there traffic Y'all should be at work. What the hell? Brian and I had to go downtown Friday night for the San Diego International Film Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wanted to get to a five o'clock screening. And he's like, when do we need to leave? I'm like, "Eh, it's Friday. We should leave. I would like to leave at three, Mm -hmm. 3 3.30 at the absolute latest. Yeah, totally. He's like, oh, that seems so early. He's like, all right, whatever. Then he wasn't ready to go till like four o'clock. Oh. (laughs) 4.10. So we didn't get down there till 5.30, 5.40. So we missed the first screening like early. And then we... We basically had to sit around for two and a half hours waiting oh, for our next screening, gee, right? I'm like, we could have gotten here and waited a half hour or an hour mm-hmm. before the first movie and yeah. ended up waiting here less time than we ended up waiting by leaving late. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, exactly. No, you have to plan that now. I'm, I'm I just, just didn't think about it. I'm like, it's Friday in dude. San Diego. We're trying to go south. Like, Hello? It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> totally. totally. It starts being a nightmare at like one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah when i I first moved down here it was like the 78 was always wide open the five was always wide open the 805 always wide open it took us 40 minutes to get from oceanside to the 15 jeez louise that's only seven miles that's retarded (laughs) i'm probably gonna catch all kinds of hell for saying that i'm sorry but that's just ridiculous hey look it's sean of the dead you remember sean oh yeah did makeup on sean yeah it was a giant man over there peace (laughs) this guy (laughs) you're naked dude who cares? Wow. <laughs> wow. Sean's at home. His, his go-to at him. home's his underwear. He's just going to wander around. He's just underwear. chilling. Chilling <laughs> in his underoos. You say, why Why aren't you wearing clothes? He says, dude, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I relate, my friend. I now, relate. I want to throw a little context on the relationship here between you and Sean. Why I told Sean he needed to come out and say hello. Right? Oh, okay. So you did... You and Phoenix were my makeup artists on the recency effect. Oh, yeah. And we had a scene where Sean was a victim of nuclear fallout. Truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you, okay, I need you to do makeup on... At the time, he was five? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He was five? Maybe four, almost five? <laughs> yeah. And I remember you being very nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kids have their own limitations and things like that. So you have to be especially careful, uh, especially with doing special effects makeup. 
uh, latex allergies, you know, things like that. Just mm. their own comfort comfort levels. Yeah, is what you take into consideration. So, and and how to go with this little guy? He was amazing. I, I actually love telling the story because he actually fell asleep while I was doing the makeup. He was a kid, he was a kid after my own heart because <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> That's right. You just fell asleep. Huh? Yeah, but he was great. Can you say something? No. He's yeah. Be quiet. And when the microphone's away from him, yeah. then oh, he's in the world when the microphone's not on. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can go back to doing what you were doing. All right, Captain Thanks Underpants. Coming out and saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember you being really nervous about working on him. You're like, I'm not sure how he's going to respond. Like, yeah. Like, and I was like, dude, he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be all right. <laughs> Trust me, he'll be fine. <laughs> and he did great. He did great. I, uh, there's still a picture, I think, in my, in, on my, in my, what I call my morgue, which mm-hmm. is where makeup artists keep all their right. images for reference and things like that. Uh, and he had this amazing sour looking face and you could just tell he was very tired and stuff, yeah. but it really worked for the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because Whoa. he fell asleep while you were working on him. And right. We had to wake him up to go shoot the piece. And right. The time we're shooting him, he's just like, I want to go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, just sit on that merry-go-round and look unhappy, which was really easy for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he's so natural. So natural. <laughs> <laughs> um no that was that was that was a fun shoot yeah dude mm-hmm. that was one of my favorites and, and I, there's a lot of shoots that i think about uh, but i have to tell people that i really like working with you because you keep your set very very professional oh thank you and i know i i absolutely mean that uh i had a recent experience uh with another actress and she was telling me how the cameraman basically was running the show and how he was uh the director was kind of hands off and uh, the guy the cameraman was kind of um how can I put this nicely, eloquent, eloquently? Um, he was, he probably should choose a different genre to film in <laughs> because he was all about sweetheart, sweetheart, come here, sweetheart, look over here, sweetheart, look over here, and stuff like that. And he was very physical with some of the actresses. And you're like, dude, you're a cameraman. You need to be over there. Yeah, let the director direct. And yeah, <laughs> and it was it was it was decidedly unprofessional. But I know with your sets, all, everything I've done with you has been by the book. You know, if if there was a SAG situation, you were dealing with that. If you if, if there wasn't, you're fine. But everything was very professional, so I really appreciate that very well, much. Thank you so much. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've had the benefit of working with a lot of very good people. Absolutely. Who. who um, and, you know, it's a team, generally, most of the core team at Intellectual, you know, I've been building this team for almost 20 years. So, so if you don't fit into that kind of professionalism and level of quality that we're looking for, it's time to you, go. Know, you don't come back. Yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Um, uh, but it's uh, it's always been important to me. And, and a lot of that was instilled in me by my father. Who, Good. You know, he had a business yeah. degree. Oh, okay, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but he was also a writer, and so we, we were able to connect on the writing side of things. Sure. He ended up helping me early in my career. Um, we created Dawson Digital Productions together. Nice. The first feature film I produced, he, he executive produced wow. alongside me. And so, Dude, that's uh, cool. One of those things, like, he was constantly trying to teach me how to be um, a better leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember on What's the Vig, um, I was the DP, um, but I was also probably the most experienced crew member all the way around. Wow. Even our director was a first time director. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of people looked to me for kind of the, the guidance and the leadership on that set. Sure. And there was one day I showed up, I was just in a foul mood. I had a migraine and, and I just... I, I, I stepped on set with a really sour attitude. Sure. And that whole day was a mess. Mm-hmm. It was just a nightmare. Did, mm-hmm. Nothing went well. The shots were, you know, just not rough. the best shots in the movie. Yeah. You know, it, it, people were unhappy at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. That's frustrating, man. My dad, you know, he, uh, he rode home with me from the set that day. Mm. And, um, he was like, okay, look, I understand you didn't feel good this morning. He's like, but you have to understand that organizations reflect leadership. Mm. And if the leadership is a mess, then the organization's a mess Absolutely. all the way around. Yeah. So if you're yeah. going to walk onto set with a bad attitude, everybody's going to have a bad attitude by the middle of the day. 
True. And it's going to be a loss for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was very, like, eye-opening to me. Mm -hmm. So the next day, I made a very clear determination to show up on set and have a positive attitude the whole yeah. time. Regardless yeah. of anything else that was going on, I was not going to let things get to me. Yeah. And to see what Saturday was like versus Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still had a migraine on sure. Sunday. Like at the, at, in those days, I had migraines all the time. Ooh, that um, rough, man. So I had to learn to just ignore the migraine mm-hmm. and, and keep the positive attitude and keep things on track and, and learn to stay calm in the face of things. Exactly. Not... Not let anybody see me sweat. No, I get you. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah, I totally uh, get that. It was a pivotal moment. I mean, we joke around on this podcast all the time about what's the big being, you know, kind of this joke of a movie. Mm -hmm. It it is the classic thing. I'm proud that we accomplished something. Yeah. But what we accomplished is not, it's not great. Yeah. You know, it's fun in its own way. And we had a good time at film week. We were throwing stuff at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, turn it into a, like a, a the room kind of screening or, you know, nice. Rocky Horror Picture. Yeah, thing, yeah, you know? totally. I was thinking the we, same we thing. We gave everybody rules and we were like, okay, on these lines, you're going to take a drink. We had margaritas in the Oh, man. On these lines, you're going to you can take a drink. And on this stuff, you throw a foam baseball at the, at the screen. Like, <laughs> you know, we had a blast That's with funny. it. But, um, but the thing about What's the Vig is I learned a lot. I mean, I already mm-hmm. had the organizational side of it. Like, sure. you know crew members do the things that they do and let's not yeah let's not uh step on each other's toes but the whole professionalism Mm -hmm. around that was something that what's the vig really kind of solidified for me and i think i think a lot of things we've done since then have benefited from the fact that we did that movie nice yeah yeah so we lovingly poke fun at it Mm -hmm. because it was for me it was the best like film school experience i had and it wasn't in film school you know? oh yeah okay I see so on the job training yeah yeah which is sometimes even better you yeah. get the hands-on yeah so totally um, it was it was wonderful i had to fire somebody off of that that set too. wow um, it was the first time that i had to fire a crew member wow um, Man, that's intense that was interesting i bet you know um Just poor behavior or not he, doing ma- that job he, well? he mouthed off at everybody oh, see, he never mouthed fair. off at me Still. You know, um, but he, he was mouthing off at a lot of people and, and that's uh, not good. And the, the final straw was he mouthed off to, to my dad, our executive oh, producer. Oh, see, um, mm. you know, and dude, just no. like, all right, dude, you can't, you can't mouth off at the exec producer. I can forgive everything else. We mm-hmm. can have the conversation, but the exec producer has now dropped, dropped the hammer and you've got to go. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you just can't do that. You know, it's like mouthing off to your boss on your first day. That's just not a smart thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and this was, sense. you know, three weeks into production or something. Come on now. Like he should have, he totally should have known better at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that, that is one thing I like about a number of the sets that I've been on is that you, I mean, yeah, you may, you run into a set where someone's acting like a, a knucklehead or something like that. But for the most part, the sets I've been on, uh, obviously, including yours have been, everyone's doing their job. Everyone's very personable with each other. Mm-hmm. They're not stepping on each other's toes. You have the organization. Uh, in the recency effect, I like that. Even though you, at some points, literally had five people talking to you, you were like this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. <laughs> and you handled each little situation as it came up. Meanwhile, there was still one or two more who would sneak in there, and you would still boom and boom, and then hand you a business. Never once did I get the sense that you were, you know, frustrated or losing your cool or anything like that. You just knew the focus was we got to get this project done in this amount of time with this amount of, you know, these amount of people. And that's something I look for when I'm on a set is for people to go and just they're just doing their job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I tell people. You leave drama at home. You you want to be reality TV drama? Go home and have that. Be a, be a whoever at your house. But when you're on set, this is your job. Yeah. Do your job. You can have it could be a rough set. It could be an easy set. You just got to do your job. Yeah. You know, and you, you can't look at it. I mean, I, I guess some people look at it as like, oh, this is, you know, they get so involved in the, oh, it's the art of it. And you're like, well, yeah, there's a lot of artwork, but, you know, whether you're an actor, makeup artist, DP, you know, AD, whatever you're doing on set, yeah, you're, you're you know, perfecting your craft, you're into your craft, but it's still your job. Yeah. So you get in there and you get your job done and it just makes everything much more pleasant experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, someone asked me, cause you know, I've done some AD work this year and I've nice. done a lot of, I've done a lot of sound work. Excellent. On um, the last couple of years. And, 
you know you were like running up to la and stuff haven't you uh i haven't done anything in la in a, oh, okay. in a while um, okay but I, but I do when when the opportunity arises but yeah. um but somebody asked me a while back they're like how do you do it how can you be a producer director um but then go on these other sets and and play second fiddle to somebody else or third fiddle to somebody else. And I, and I tell everybody the same thing. I'm like, even when I'm directing, like ego has to get put aside. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. To, you know, focus on the work, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, it's always, what do we need to do to tell the story? Thank you. Period. Yeah. Like, that's the yeah. first starting point in any decision on any set, whether I'm the director or I'm the, 80 or I'm mm-hmm. the sound guy. It's like, what is my task here mm-hmm. to accomplish telling this story to its, to its best ability. Yeah. To its fullest. And, and so for me, it's, 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 it's not about ego. I will have my ego outside a set. Sure. And I have no problem openly discussing people's work and criticizing mm-hmm. and, and, and saying, you know, where I think things have fallen short on productions I've been on, on mm-hmm. productions I've watched, like, all the way around. Sure. But I but I, I, don't criticize from ego either. I right. criticize from, I want to see everybody's films better. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm a firm believer that we're not going to get better unless we are open with one another. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can't just pat each other on the back. You right. have to say, what's the Vig's a bad movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, know, you like, put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I got a lot of pats on the back when What's the Vig came out. There were a lot of people who pat me on the back. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's great. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great that we accomplished something, and you should absolutely pat somebody on the back for accomplishing finishing a film. Sure, right? by all it's means. It's a miracle. It's yeah, a miracle yeah. that we finish any movie. Short yeah. film or feature film otherwise. Doesn't matter. But to not be honest about the reception of that work Mm -hmm. i think detracts from our ability to grow as filmmakers yeah no i would actually agree with that Uh, especially in in the culture that we're living in where everything is you know you you don't hurt someone's feelings so to speak Mm -hmm. i don't think i mean if, if i'm doing a job and someone it doesn't matter if i'm acting or if i'm just the guy clicking the slate or whatever uh, I, I've been on sets like that where they just needed extra help and I was the guy clicking the slate and I had never done it before. So they said, do this and do this and this. If you're not uh, open to hear that, then you you can't learn. You can't do a better job. Right. You know, so and with me, with the with the makeup side of things, I've learned things from being on set and watching other makeup artists. Uh, recently, I learned uh, a new skill from uh, my girlfriend who told me about a set she was on where they had a number of makeup artists and this one guy, you know, had this one technique he did. And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's really smart. And I tried it and I was able to put out four uh, masks basically uh, that we used in, um, in a play and then two uh, short films. Nice. And I was like, wow, okay. But if, if you're not open to that, then you can't learn. And also if someone who maybe isn't a, um, like maybe have someone that's more experienced comes to you and says, "Hey, try this, try that." If your ego gets in the way, then you start going, "Oh, you know, I'm better than you," and you blah, 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 and you miss the opportunity to learn a new a new task, a new a new skill. Mm-hmm. So, especially in the makeup realm, I always feel like I I I leave my like myself like a, a slate, like an empty slate. You know, I want if you have something that I don't know, man, tell me. Right. I want to know this. And if I did a job that you didn't feel was good, I want to improve on this. Right. You know, go to the, for me, I like going to the director and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Does this look good? Does that look good? Does this meet what you want? Because it's really not about me. I mean, I, I've also been on shoots where I did something I thought I liked. I thought it looked really good. And either the actor or the director was like, mm, it's not what I'm looking for. Okay, well, what do you want? And they tell me and I do what I can to put it. And at the end of the day, they're happy because they did what they want. Right. You know, like you said, pull the ego out of it. Get the get your job done. Your job is to make the film the best it can be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um, it's always it's always difficult because whatever whatever job you're doing, even if you're the director, you're not necessarily the end all be all of True. what's going to be on screen. You know, True. Your producers have a way that they want things to look. Your, mm-hmm. your writer's going to you know lobby to sure. try and have things the way they want to look. So, you know, across the board, it's a collaborative Absolutely. business, but we also need to build our reels, right? And yeah, so, totally. And so sometimes you're looking at a piece of footage and you're like, mm, it's not 
it's not what I want to put in my reel because it doesn't really represent what I did. Right. You know, or what I would have done. Right. So we're always competing with that too. Like, how do we, how do we keep our own signatures on stuff that we're doing Mm -hmm. while collaborating with other people? Um, That's kind of the weird thing about this particular uh, field. You want to work with good people and collaborate with a lot of good people, but there's also that individual need to show your talent. mm -hmm. So it, it's a weird dichotomy of, I want to work with a good team and promote the team and push the team to get the film done. But at the same time, I need to promote myself because the the business is not like going to a a nine to five job. It's not every day for the next 20 years. It's different. You know, it's like being an independent contractor going to different jobs. You may be in the same field, you know, makeup, directing, producing, whatever for, you know, 20 years, but it's a different shoot every time. Yep. So you have to keep it's always a unique situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we attended Brian and I attended uh, this producers panel, mm. um, the business of filmmaking, oh, at wow. the San Diego international. And one of the things, one of the producers said in that, um, cause they're, they're talking about producing and mm-hmm. you know what it is to be a producer. And, and it's something I've said on the show a few times, but it was nice to hear it from somebody higher up in the business mm-hmm. if you're going to be a producer like you have to be the type of person who's willing to be an entrepreneur and and a, and, and the type who does startups mm-hmm. right yeah because you're going to be starting a new business three times a year wow right because yeah, every film is its like own that. business Dang, yeah you know and it's certainly when you start getting to where there's real budgets and stuff mm-hmm. have you ever really watched the credits at the end of a of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a good good budgeted film mm-hmm. oftentimes there's a business name in the final lines of the credits yeah that is the film names comma llc yeah 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 every film is its own business it has its own bank account it has its That's own true uh, own uh, employment deals and, and, and contracts and whatever. So you got the production companies who come in and, and contribute to making the film, yeah. but they, they oftentimes are members of the LLC mm-hmm. of that particular film. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so it really is. Every single film is a unique experience yeah. because it's a unique business venture totally i've seen that too um when i watch films you'll see that usually the name of the film like they'll be the production companies mm-hmm. you know the big name production companies jim jim and whatever um but then you'll also see produced by and it'll be like the name of the film with a little little cute little tagline on it you know and you're going oh and then you start to you when you like you said when you see a lot of films you have to go oh okay so that's yeah that's that's this particular film's business element. Yep. You know, and that, that's a fascinating thing. Like I said, it's, it's very entrepreneurial, a very startup company every yeah. single time. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't do it on our little tiny short films you know, right. that we're doing around town, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get a series off the ground and, oh, that'd and be sick. Um, you know, my father wrote a, a feature film that I want to, I want to make. Oh, yeah. And you know, we've actually worked up the LLC documents nice. uh, for my dad's film already. Cause it was sick. part of a production, uh, pitch that we were doing 10 years ago um so i've already got the paperwork in place to like launch that when we're ready to go nice but but it it is daunting to think about you know the business of making Mm -hmm. you know a really decent production yeah and all the people that you'd be responsible for Mm -hmm. hiring and and paying yeah you know yeah we budgeted out a 30 minute short film the other day and tried to base it on, I want to say it was modified low budget, maybe mm-hmm. ultra low budget uh, agreements with SAG. Okay. And then, you know, rates for the crew that I know are fair. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the bottom, bottom of the barrel, but they're fair. You right. Know? And this 30 minute short, the budget for it is $110,000 easy. Wow. You know, wow. so when you start really getting into Dang. this stuff, um, you know, it's they are startup businesses. Yeah, when you're trying to raise a hundred grand or more to create something, yeah, um, you're doing the same thing that a lot of people are trying to do when they're trying to open a restaurant. Absolutely, you know, they're trying to raise a hundred grand, hundred fifty thousand dollars to operate for a year on, you know, yeah. and, and and get their things up and going. And it's daunting. It's daunting yeah. to think that going forward, the next level of this business for myself, for you, for for all of us is we have to start getting into that entrepreneurial yeah um 
startup business mentality every film is a startup business. yeah no i couldn't agree more i mean i, I see some of the things um some of the studios starting to look at san diego which is kind of exciting you know we had pitch and we had uh animal kingdom i think it is animal kingdom yeah oh. animal kingdom does like 13 days of shooting in oceanside yeah. um pitch did i want to say it was 20 something days of shooting total yeah. uh, for that season shame it didn't get picked back up yeah um, but like the last ship was down here yeah. shooting some stuff uh, a month or two ago yeah um so it's good you know it's good that some of that's starting to come back yeah know, that 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 stuff right now is still a little bit of a low impact Mm-hmm. overall on our community well sure you know um because they're still bringing down primarily the the IATSE members from la and right 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 staff up their their crews but it's a start yeah exactly you know it's a start for them to start looking down here for that sort of stuff and yeah and it's great that brandy shimabakuro is is at the office downtown and mm-hmm. able to help them with permitting and getting stuff like that but there's yeah. still a lot of a lot of well, yeah. Key elements that need to be put in place, and it's just it's such a process trying to get the the industry rebuilt here. You know exactly. Um, yeah, ever since I think it was, um, I think it was Stu Siegel saying like ever since um, like after the whole nine eleven situation that his his studio had to go through a dramatic change yeah. because the same kind of shows weren't being produced, and he's obviously the big studio down here. Yeah, but. Um, I think it's interesting and kind of cool that at least there's some buzz going on. And like you said, it'll take a long time before anything really comes down here. But I think San Diego has pretty much anything any filmmaker could ever, could ever want. Best locations, a lot of talent down here. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate that a lot of talent has to go back up to L.A., you know, or up to L.A., I should say, uh, to get a career. But there's a lot of talent down here. Yeah. You know, uh, on all levels. You know, filmmakers, makeup artists, sound guys, actors, all these different people are down here and they're trying to, like I said, build up their reel and do the things down here. Um, but it'd be nice to see, you know, some of the bigger industries come down here, even if it's like a small budget film to come down here and really take advantage of what we have to offer. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, I've said amongst other people on set, you can go from the mountains to the beach in just like an hour or two. Yeah. And have totally different climates too. Yeah. You can have really cold down to pretty temperate yeah all within a couple of hours yeah we got rocky mountain peaks we got gentle gentle rolling hills we've exactly got high plains we've mm-hmm. got low plains we got desert we've got mm-hmm. you know forest it's, yeah. it's all here in san diego yeah absolutely you can get, you can get to almost anything you need here yeah um, even urban uh, urban environments snow. too <laughs> yeah you just go up to alpine or something like that for or, or julian for snow but it is possible yeah you know and then you also have big urban uh, sites you have downtown san diego and there's also other spots within the area where you can find stuff like that so yeah and with with all the construction that's happened in downtown downtown mm-hmm. looks more like a big city yeah. than, than it ever did in the past you know i would agree with that yeah um you pick the right the right street at the right angle and mm-hmm. and it can be convincingly enough oh absolutely you know, any number of large cities around absolutely um but it's uh, it's 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 an interesting thing. It's like chicken or the egg. You know, which one comes mm-hmm. first? Do we do we do we wait for a film commission, like a real film commission, to to come into existence here, and then hope that we can get the work after that, or do we have to kind of create the work on our own to finally get the city off its ass to really give us a real film commission? <laughs> you know, it's like what what needs to happen first <laughs> i like how you put that you know what i mean it's a, it's, it's it's a tough thing um, yeah it's, it, there seems to be some resistance towards some of the arts uh in san diego you know like filmmaking uh, specifically but i do appreciate the the amount of effort that filmmakers are putting into getting their films pushed out there yeah you know get it done even if we gotta, just, we gotta start figuring out how to get the general population on our on our side of things though that's, what I'm that's the next yeah. step because i don't think anything will happen politically until we have you know kind of a, a, a cry from the general voting population yeah like these people need help yeah yeah <laughs> you know? yeah no i agree with that i agree um, with that and then putting the independent film, having these film festival festivals is great um, it does get the people out there. It does show the, the really cool films that are being produced down here. Some of them are amazing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. When the public starts being more involved in it on a generalized level, 
then I think we'll start getting the push because that's the thing with every you know political structures they 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 only get moving when enough people get in, you know under their butts and say come on let's yeah. go there's something you, happening you need over people here. to champion it yeah, exactly and if you can't get the people to champion it it just doesn't happen yeah there's no political impetus yeah you know, to exactly there they just kind of sit down like whatever you know, if the voting population are just quiet about it then exactly if they're indifferent then so is the politicians exactly and, that, and that's i think where we have uh that's kind of the uphill of our job to mm-hmm. break the the indifference that's involved because the film industry you know the independent film industry is pretty big down here i mean this is every so like with some regularity you know yeah. weekend after weekend after weekend oh i'm filming this i'm producing this next three weeks something like that's going to happen you know uh, i just uh another director friend of mine just called me in and he said he's working on a project that he went, wants to get up off the ground in about three four weeks and that happens with some regularity not just during halloween but throughout the year hey I'm well here's a question thing. i have for you how yeah. many of these projects because i know you're you're regularly working on a lot of stuff how, how how much how much of the stuff you're working on is paying you ah. versus how much you're volunteering on? Um, lately, there actually has been a bit of an upswing, mm-hmm. and that's I think primarily because I've gotten to the point where I'm saying, look, I can't do a lot of the volunteer work because mm-hmm. I, you know, there's gas involved. I have to pay for my supplies, which in the makeup realm, even if I'm making my own supplies it still can be pretty expensive. Right. Um, I've, there have been some opportunities that I'm very, very thankful for recently where the pay was pretty decent. And that was definitely helped me through uh, some more challenging times. Um, I would like to see more of that, not just for makeup artists, but just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still, in, or at least I'm still encountering a lot of the Oh, you know, we want you on set to do this very elaborate makeup job that's going to require anywhere between seven solid hours of your work uh, or of your time, rather, uh, or up to two or three days or maybe even a week um, of your time, your effort, your supplies. Uh, But we're not going to pay you for that. You do this because you love it. And my argument with that is, yeah, well, doctors and lawyers and you know even delivery pizza delivery guys don't do anything for free you know this is a job for us so whether you're the director or whether you're an actor or a makeup artist you know having a little pay is real nice but i have noticed um that with me um there has been an upswing of probably for the past year maybe maybe year and a half where i've gotten more jobs that are actually paying uh, as opposed to the volunteer work that's good uh, I'm very happy with that. I am really super stoked about that because then I can start, you know, one and when there's a pay, when there's a, a budget involved, then I'm able to do more. Right. You know, my work improves because I have better supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm I'm going okay. Well, I don't have to worry about am I going to pay my phone bill this month or am I going to pay this? I I got paid for this job and that covers that. Right. You know, so that's that's well, that's really nice. a that's an interesting point because like. A lot of people keep asking me, you know, like you haven't you haven't done much in a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and we haven't heard of you working on any any projects of your own. Like intellectual right. attainment hasn't, like we've been doing stuff. Sure, like we produced, you know, twelve episodes of the intellectual talk show for television. Sure, nice. Which you know the deal that we had in place for that kind of fell apart. Mm. The episodes never ended up making it on TV. Oh, that sucks. We released a few of them online, but nice. you know we put a lot of effort into those shows. They sure. were hour long tv shows you know wow okay yeah, um, yeah so we put a ton of effort into that for a good four five six months wow um, putting those together um and, and it just it was all for naught mm. you know so yeah that's frustrating like, i don't think people always understand that there's oftentimes a lot of things going on mm-hmm. that you're just not aware of and yeah for whatever reason it just doesn't happen but yeah. i mean if you can imagine I mean, we were doing a three camera shoot, studio setup wow. kind of deal. Um, and I had a crew that was working on that regularly. There was like four or five of us that were working on that on a regular basis, plus Dang. Whitney co-hosting with me and then whatever yeah. guests we had coming in. And, you know, I had to prep everything for that constantly. It sure. Was, it was a lot of work. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it was all volunteer. <laughs> you know yeah um and it, it and it was a volunteer because we all had this idea that it was going to get onto tv we mm-hmm. could eventually sell some advertising whatever you know and but that nice. that you know that agreement just fell apart Jeez, man. and 
and uh, nothing ended up coming of it. So, you know, it was a lot of effort by the intellectuals on yeah. something that ended up not turning into, you know, what we were anticipating. Exactly. And it happens. Yeah, yeah, know. no, that that is part but of... But it's tough, you yeah. know, and so I asked I asked the intellectuals to, to take a leap of faith on that with me mm -hmm. and try and, and make this happen, and we're really proud of what we did, but... In the end, you know, um, we can't place a phone call with that pride. <laughs> right, right, right. Totally. Um, so the idea of trying to get more productions up and running and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And look, this is all I do. Yeah. Right. Filmmaking is all I do. I, I, I have the benefit of living in a situation where that can be my primary focus. Excellent. You know, I still have my car payment that I got to make. Yeah. I still have other things that I got to do. So I work for other people and mm -hmm. other things. But when we're producing our own projects, when I've got my own script that I want to make, mm -hmm. I don't have any money for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, we're trying to get permits to shoot something at the end of the month. We're working on a project with Jeff Zook. Oh, nice. And, um, and I want to do it right, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of like, I want to get the permits. I don't want to mm -hmm. be hiding from the cops while we're shooting, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. I and totally just get looking that. at the permitting process, you know, between insurance for the production and mm -hmm. and paying for the permit and potentially having to pay multiple days for the permit, you know, yeah. looking at 500, 600 bucks. Yeah. Just right off the top for the privilege to go shoot a movie. Right. You know, on location somewhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's, that's four days of work. Exactly. Just to pay for the permitting, you know, yeah. on, who on, has that kind of money just shows. lying around, you, you know? know? So a lot of people are like, why don't you, why aren't you doing more stuff? And it's like, look, I did the one thing, asked everybody to volunteer their time and it yeah. didn't pan out. Now I'm trying to do another thing. That's just a small thing. It's a two day commitment mm -hmm. and it's going to cost me basically all the money I made this month, Dang. you know, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I lost two road gigs that were oh. supposed to happen this month. You know, it's just like Dude. when you start getting into the mechanics of it, it's mm -hmm. like, I'm a filmmaker and I want to make movies, but I yeah. also don't want to. I don't want to dump on everybody to help me make my movies constantly. I want to get to the point where I'm paying people. Yeah, totally. But that's the next phase, right? Like I got to figure out how to get other people to come in and contribute money on mm -hmm. these films, you know? And I thought for a while that crowdfunding would be the way to, you know, go. The way to go. Yeah. And we successfully crowdfunded things happen, but you know, over the last two or three years, like, watching all the different crowdfunding campaigns and i contributed to a lot sure in town because i i'm a firm believer that i should put my money where my mouth is yeah yeah if people are going to contribute to my campaigns i need to do it for others yeah but what i started seeing was a bit of a circle jerk going on in town oh no you know oh yeah where okay. it's all of us contributing to our crowdfunding campaigns mm -hmm. you know and it's like well the people that i'm hoping to pay from this crowdfunding are the ones contributing to the crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so know? yeah, it's, it, it starts becoming a like, well, this isn't really working either. No, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just pretending that we're figuring out how to pay for things. And we're really not, we're just kind of repaying each other back. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah, well, which kind of goes back to the whole volunteer kind of thing. It's like, it, it's just the yeah. same thing. It was yeah. just, it was just, you know, money changing hands just round and round and round and round. It's so, passing a $20 bill so around I become, the table. Yeah. yeah. I become very disillusioned with the crowdfunding, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and, and so like, you know, the big thing I've been saying for the last couple of months is we have to, as a community, start figuring out how to engage the general public at large. Mm -hmm. Right. With the things yeah. that we do and yeah. get them to, to back what we're doing and get them to back us politically, back us sure. financially, you know, start figuring that side of it out. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you figure there are, there, are, there are plenty of local sports teams that do that. You know, you hear about the stuff like that with like, you know, um, Little League Baseball and stuff like that. They'll mm -hmm. go and they'll get sponsors for their teams. And, you know, and that's the hard part, too, because you you kind of you don't want to bring in certain advertising and have them kind of take over. But if they could fund and, you know, get some product placement, that's fine. But the hard part, like you said, is just getting the money to, to get into the project without having to listen to some guy or some gal who has no idea what's going on, who thinks suddenly that they're a massive producer and they start just chiming off stuff. And you're like, no, you're just you're just you're just helping. You're just money. <laughs> just, you need to sit back there and yeah. And it's always difficult your... when you start bringing money on board because exactly. people have expectations on what their involvement is. Exactly. Oh, but yeah, it's tough trying yeah. to figure it all out. 
It is, but at the same time, I'll say this. I mean, yes, the filmmaking in San Diego is really tough, but you know, and it. it but I think in a way there there's less of the competition that there would be in LA because LA is saturated with it. Mm-hmm. But which means that for us, I think down here we still get to enjoy our filmmaking. Like I've been on a volunteer set uh, on numerous occasions, and I've had a blast. Right. Um, because I'm working with people I really like to work with, people who are professional, people who do take their jobs seriously, you know, who aren't there just to goof around. And I've been on sets where I got paid, and you're like. Oh God! What are you guys doing? Thank you, thank you. I'm getting paid, but what are you doing? Yeah, you have literally no idea what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've been on on sets where the person wanted, you know, like big time production stuff to happen on their set, and they had one cameraman, one sound guy, a couple of really new actors, and uh, you're going. I'm I'm on the set like so. Basically, you want the thing on like a $200 budget. Yeah. <laughs> Managing expectations is Ex- a part yeah. of it. Exactly. I mean, it, so that, I mean, I, I like that we get to, you know, make our films and enjoy them and be around people that we like. Our community is pretty small and you work with a lot of really cool people. But I definitely, 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 definitely agree with you that, you know, bringing some some backing in here would be great because of the, the amount of talent that is down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just from people in my my you know my field, obviously you know the directors, the actors, the producers, sound people, all these people are down here who actually have talent, and you know to bring the money in so that we can start making at least you know you know eke out a basic living, you know because I don't know I, I don't have the mentality that I want to be Mr. Multimillionaire, you know I, I want to be able to pay my bills and have a decent live you know living and not worry about you know where can I pay my phone bill can I can I get a new car can I I don't want to, I want to be able to do my job and get paid well. Right. You know, and I think that's the mentality that I've seen in a number of people in the area. Well, I yeah. Think that, I think that's why my my primary focus right now is trying to figure out the details of the series that I want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have mentioned it to you, Midnight Rest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the rest stop serial killer uh, project. Yeah. Started out as a feature film idea, but the more I look at what we're doing around here, the more I'm like we need to bring some series mm-hmm. to town things mm-hmm. that'll keep people employed for several months yes you know um and keep them working um so like I, i'm trying to adapt that idea from what was originally kind of a loose feature film idea into kind of a cohesive say 10 episode nice series you know something that theoretically could keep a group of us employed for a good six months to 10 months yeah um, and I, I want to try, I don't want to do that as a volunteer project. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be a paid deal. It's yeah. Gotta, you know, so, so at the same time, you don't want to have a paid deal where you're sitting there and you're, you know, pulling out a loan for umpteen, you know, right. Well, nobody would dollars. give me a loan for that. Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's I've been a starving thing. artist for way too long. Like, yeah. like my credit won't, won't allow for that. So. No, I hear you, dude. So that's what the do struggle. I, what do I got to do to get the interest level up mm-hmm. in, the business people in town that I do know mm-hmm. who I know invest in things and how do I figure out how to get that, that rolling, that rolling. And that's, yeah. that's the thing I'm working on right now. That's the thing that I'm constantly like every morning from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, that's the thought that's churning around. In my exactly. Right now is what do I need to do? What's the package I got to put together? Mm-hmm. What's the presentation packaged for those mm-hmm. people that I've got to put together? Mm-hmm. How do I get them all into a room together? And how do I get them excited to jump on board yeah. with creating a series here in San Diego yeah. and funding it for us? You know, and, and then what is the distribution model for that? Mm-hmm. Um, the beautiful thing is, is with all the streaming services and stuff mm-hmm. coming up, yeah. Yeah. I think we can find the distribution for a series if it's done well, yeah, fairly easily, yeah, because you have like Hulu um, and Amazon and you Netflix know, but then, but then, like how that. do I find the ROI for the guys who are investing? And, you mm-hmm. know, because the other thing is, a lot of those streaming services aren't paying a lot mm-hmm. for the okay. things that they're buying, so we have to like figure out that that, that threshold too. of cost to make mm-hmm. and pay everybody well, but you know, we're not going to get rich, but we're going to be working artists. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's my goal: is to have everybody being a working artist. And then how do we also make enough money back from that, that we can pay off those investors mm-hmm. where they will fund a second season. For exactly. Us, you know, like, yeah. So trying to figure that out is, is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
They got but boy, it's it's a big giant ugly jigsaw puzzle, right? Totally. There's so many. Well, yeah, like you like you point out, there's so many pieces involved in it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different elements. I mean, you definitely want to be able to pay your crew and in your in your cast and all that, and then at the same time, you definitely want to have enough money to produce your yeah. next season and you know to pay your investors back and all that. Yeah. Like you said, when money gets involved, things get really sticky because you know everyone wants their piece of the pie. I think that that with San Diego, one of the elements that I like is that, uh, as you pointed out and as I pointed out, it's not necessarily that we're looking to get super rich or anything like that. We're really, we just want to be, you know, uh, paid artists. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to be valued. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You want to be valued. You want to be uh, recognized for your talent. You want to be able to pay your bills. You want to, yeah. but at the same time, you don't, you don't want to have to have your day job and your your, your what you consider your profession mm-hmm. you know because that gets really taxing yeah you know you go to work and you're you, and by the time you get home you kind of burnt out but you know that this weekend i got to do this thing yeah so you know i do the corporate av thing you yeah. know so like yeah. I, I bounce yeah. around doing that and yeah. people people follow me on facebook and they see the traveling and yeah you know the, and i try to make as much fun out of those trips as i can sure. you know i see the eclipse and that sort of thing yeah but, yeah totally but it's still it's a it's a job that takes yeah. me away from here and mm-hmm. occupies my time and mm-hmm. does, you know and even though it's a related field and i'm sure. learning things even on those shows that help me you know be a better director when i come to make my films yeah it's still not working doing the thing that i really want to be doing and exactly. the thing that i love and the thing that quite frankly i think i'm best at yeah you yeah know? i totally hear you making movies is the thing in the in life that i am best, best. at mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm the best at it Right, but that's where your talent is. But that's where my talent lies, and that's yeah, where yeah. my passion lies, and that's where I want to be. Absolutely. So, so we got to figure that out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to get off to work, right? Yeah. You, yep. you got to yeah, get going. Speaking of jobs. That, so. Yeah, day jobs. <laughs> so yeah. Um, thanks for stopping by and Dude, chatting. Like, absolutely. It's been a fun chat. You know, yeah. I didn't know exactly what we would talk about, you know? Like, no, <laughs> no talk this about is very cool, man. Talk about other stuff. But, yeah, this is very but cool. But it's always fun to just talk film yeah friends you know totally and i'm totally down with like just hanging out and you know doing this again or just chilling grab a cup of coffee something like that yeah yeah um, so i mean on a happy side i just started dating someone and we're almost inseparable so i mean i'm just <laughs> it's fun seeing you on facebook yeah <laughs> wait john's smiling what <laughs> What? No. Where'd the dark cloud go? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see you, though, John. Oh, man. Good, it's to, you, good man. to see you. Thanks for coming by. Dude, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> All right, like. <laughs> you know the old saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression? That phrase is incredibly true in our business. In entertainment, your first impression can mean everything. It can mean the difference of booking a job or not booking a job, having an audition or not having an audition. That first impression can get you in the door and make things happen. And for an actor, that first impression is the headshot. First and foremost, casting directors, producers, they're going to see your headshot and they're going to make decisions about whether or not you get seen based on that one image. So it's incredibly important to make that image an investment in your future. And to do that, you want to find the right photographer, someone who's going to work with you to craft the perfect image, the perfect first impression. And I suggest you check out portraitsbypeggy.com. Peggy's been doing photography since the 80s, and she really knows her stuff. And she wants to work with you to craft the perfect captured image, the one that captures the uniqueness of you and helps you book the job. She wants to work with you. She wants to really get into who you are, what sort of jobs you're trying to book, and help you get the perfect image. So check out PortraitsByPeggy.com and book your portfolio session today.